Hey! Hi, this is Dr. Christine. And Dr. Colin. And we are your co-hosts for the exciting new podcast called Love, Scrubs, and Stories, where we dive deep into the world of dating and relationships and go beyond the people wearing the white coats, the scrubs, and the stethoscopes. Come join us on this journey where we engage in dialogue and share stories of love, heartbreak, resilience, and triumphs. And we also navigate our professional lives with our hearts on our sleeves. Please remember to subscribe and hit the notification button to stay up to date on all future episodes. And, and we, we look, look forward, forward to, to seeing, seeing you inside. inside. Hello. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Love, Scrubs, and Stories podcast, where we dive into all things dating and relationships from the perspective of healthcare professionals, whether you're single, you're committed, in a relationship, or somewhere in between, this podcast is for you. I am Dr. Christine Nguyen, your co-host, and I'm joined by my amazing, amazing, the one and only chef doc, Dr. Colin Zhu. How are you doing today, Colin? <laughs> I'm doing well. Guys, if this is your first time, remember to hit that subscribe button. I'm doing very well. I am super, super stoked for today. We have, we're really lucky to have amazing stories, whether it's already been released or coming down the pipeline. So I'm really happy about today. And um, so today we're going to talk about the themes of, you know, hope and persistence and second chances. Christine, what is, when I bring up those words, what comes to mind for you in relation to your experience, in relation to, you know, something personal, whether it's, you know, dating or relationships? Yeah, very, very important topic. And I'm so excited that we're going to be talking about this topic. And we have a, an amazing guest, you know, as well. But you know, when I hear those words, I mean, these are things that, you know, it's it's tough for all of us, right? It's tough, you know, being single and dating, it's so easy to to lose hope, you know, and when we try to like, you know, dip our toes, you know, into the dating world. And then, you know, there's this meme out there that was like, oh, the dating pool has definitely has pee in it, you know, without a doubt, definitely has pee. <laughs> and, and yeah, we're like, we, we all like, laugh because we're like, yes, it sure does. Right. And so it's so easy to lose hope, you know, with dating. And, uh, and then, you know, once you're in a relationship, right. And, you know, we all know that, you know, it takes two to tangle and, and it's not happily ever after, you know, you, you do want to work towards a relationship. So the, the hopelessness that can come along, you know, with dating and relationships, it's a really real thing that I think we need to acknowledge without a doubt. And so I've definitely have had moments in my life where, you know, that hope and the hopelessness, you know, have sort of kind of gone in and out. How has it been for you? And, you know, just answering your own question, what are your thoughts on that? And if you have, you know, any stories or experiences to share? Yeah, for sure. I've definitely had tons of moments more than I would like to admit about hopelessness. And I would also, you know, uh, say despair as well, because, you know, you go through so many, you know, I've been through long-term relationships. Uh, my longest was like four years, you know, uh, dating, all kinds of datings in between. And you go, you know, from one person to the next. And after a while, you tend to kind of feel really dis, uh, disenchanted, um, discouraged. And I've had a lot of moments where, you know, I would go into despair and hopelessness and say to myself, you know what, I'm just going to be alone. And, you know, I'll just, you know, adopt the dog, adopt a kid and, you know, just be like a single father, you know, um, I would actually have these moments. But, I, you know, would come back, you know, sometimes I have to call my boys or I have to call, you know, my sister or just call someone, you know, keep my head on straight and then say to myself, okay, you know, just keep going, 
you know, she's out there. Right. And, you know, just keep, keep, keep on trucking, you know, um, just keep on rolling as they say. So it's very, very important. And I think that people in our profession, how persistence applies is, you know, we worked really hard to get to where we're at. And so we know we can do it. We know that we can be persistent and, you know, keep our eyes on the prize. And, you know, we've made it, you know, to the other side to be able to serve our community respectively. Right. So I I would say in a way, it's almost like we can apply those same principles for our dating and, you know, relationship and love life. Right. If we can kind of, you know, reframe it in a little bit, but yeah, that's my, that's my, um, you know, contribution to, (laughs) I don't know about contribution, but that's my uh, experience with hopelessness. So, well, thank you, Colin, for sharing all that. You know, as you know, I run the uh, Wet Coat Romance Facebook group and in our community. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, from time to time, like we see these examples of like hopelessness, you know, especially for some of our um, healthcare professionals that have, you know, unfortunately, you know, went through a divorce and now finding themselves single and you wanting to get out there and finding connection and date. And so it could be really, really tough and um, wanting to have that second chance of love. You know, for sure. and, you know, you and I, we're suckers for, you know, love stories and we love love. Right. <laughs> We've said that mm-hmm. before. So, yeah. And I'm very excited today that we have an example of, of someone who, you know, has transcended the hopelessness and have found himself in a position and has a beautiful love story to share. And I mm-hmm. think would be you know, I would love to hear more about it in detail. You and I kind of heard a little bit about it. And I think he would provide a lot of inspiration to, yes, um, yes. to, our, to some of our audience members. Let me uh, introduce with that um, in mind. Let me introduce his name is, he goes by Bob, um, Dr. Bob Kornfeld. And he was born in Brooklyn and he graduated from the New York College of podiatric medicine back in the 80s, and uh, he's had been in private practice since uh, the 80s as well. He founded the Institute for Functional Podiatric uh, Medicine and teaches and mentors other um, podiatrists within said functional medicine and has a direct delivery care model. He's also a certified life coach, musician, songwriter, and currently in an amazing blues band. That's pretty wow. cool. Wow. Super talented. Really we have to talk more I about gotta, that. Yeah, I got to bring this guy on. Mm. So please welcome Dr. Bob. Hey. Hi, Bob. Welcome you? to the Love Stories and Scrubs podcast. Thank you Thank so you. much for taking the time to join us. It's my pleasure. It's one place I never thought I'd ever be. <laughs> Where are you calling from today? I'm in Long Beach, New York. Nice, nice. I'm from I'm from New Jersey, so, you know. I uh, love the Northeast, but winter doesn't love me. So I decided yeah, to. I'm away. not a big fan either, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, you know, how we came upon you is, um, you know, just to be, you know, straightforward and frank, is uh, you actually gave your beautiful love story in a snapshot as a comment to one of our episodes. And I was like, this is such an amazing story. Uh, We definitely need this guy on. And I would love for you to share, you know, your story with us today. So if you can orient the audience, take us, you know, through what has been your journey and, you know, what early challenges, you know, did you find yourself in uh, with your first relationship? Well, I did get married very, very young. I was 23 years old. 
we were dating all through college. And something somewhere along the line got lost in translation between us. And it was a very, very strained and difficult relationship. And we tried and we tried. And, you know, a couple of years in, we were going for marriage counseling. And then she got pregnant. And I was beyond thrilled because I always wanted to be a dad. And I thought, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. And it just never worked out. Yet I enjoyed being a dad and I wanted more kids. But part of me really wanted out of the marriage because it was so unfulfilling and it was just full of daily bouts and fighting and, and difficulties. But I had a very distant, uninvolved, unemotional dad. And the thought of not being there all the time for my kids made me feel awful. And I knew I could never just be an every other weekend dad. So I stayed mm. and I put all my efforts into being a good dad. I guess you'd have to ask my kids if that's true. But, you know, I was I stayed in the year 2014. My youngest got out of college and I knew that was the time I was going to exit. I had. I think just turned 60. So what was really running through my mind was two things. Number one, I really craved a deep, intimate, connected relationship. Number two, and this is really what kind of pushed me forward. I felt like I was running out of life. Mm. And I really mm. wanted to meet someone who would fulfill me in the ways that I always fantasized about. Mm. But I didn't really know how to do it. I'd been out of the dating world. I was married 36 years and we dated for five. So I did what I did as a young man. I went out to a bar <laughs> thinking that was how you meet women. Someone told me it's a mature bar. There's, you know, people my age. <laughs> I sat down. It must've been about seven o'clock at night. And there was only two people there, myself and this other guy sitting at the bar. And all of a sudden it started filling in with more and more and more women. And the next thing I knew, I was just surrounded. I felt like I was flypaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I was experiencing wasn't making me feel special because I felt like there was a lot of desperation surrounding me. Mm. And oh, wow. I, I really didn't want to feel like people were going to claw at me because I was single. I wanted to meet someone and have depth. So one of my friends was telling me, you should really not do that. That's, you know, that's the 1970s. Go online and do online dating. And I said to him, well, I don't know, isn't that for like really lonely, desperate people? He goes, no, man, that's how everybody meets people now. He says, and you can weed out the people you don't like and find the ones you do. So I started doing online dating. And it was a hilarious failure for me. One after the other, well over 30 different women I went out with. And I guess it a good effort. Yeah, I was gun shy. I was gun shy because I I saw red flags everywhere. And I had already come out of a really major red flag marriage. Hmm. So I was not willing to put up with a lot of stuff. So of all of these dates I went on, I never went on a second date. And I really did feel like it's just not in the stars for me. Maybe this is just how it's going to be. I'll just be by myself. I'll hang out with friends. I'll do my music and my bands and my, obviously my practice. At a certain point, I got a, an email from a company called, it's a dating site for over 50, our time. 
It's called Our Time. I go on the Our Time site, and the very first profile that comes across my page, I'm reading the profile, and I said, oh, my God, this sounds like I could have written this. And I was really intrigued because everything this girl spoke about was near and dear to my heart. She was a Mm. music person. She liked traveling. Just the way she was communicating, it sounded almost like my profile. So, of course, I I don't know if you swipe right or left anymore. It's been eight years. (laughs) I swiped. (laughs) Well, you swiped right. (laughs) I swiped. And we got into a very enjoyable conversation, probably for a week or two before we met. And what I loved about her was she was so playful. She was sending me jib jabs and making up all these funny things. And we were really just enjoying each other online without even meeting. Wow. And then we decided, yeah. And then we decided to go out on our first date. That day. Bob, if I may interrupt before you go further. So you said that when you saw the profile and you're like, I could have written that. What was it about that the profile that was in it? Was it like common interests that that stood out to you, or or what what aspects of it that made I think you it say was, it I was, could have written it? Yes, definitely common interests. Even the way she wrote it sounded the like style it. and yeah. the, the tone that you perceived. Tone, and it was mm-hmm. a very what's the word I'm looking for? Was it, it was just like of, friendly or open or playful? Or what was it, was it about? Playful. It was mm-hmm. kind of lighthearted. It really drew me in, I have to say. It drew me in. And our back and forth was was fun. I was just having fun. And I said to myself, even if this doesn't go anywhere, I'm having fun now. You know, <laughs> I was enjoying that part of it because I, I hadn't had that in a really long time. Mm. So we decided to meet and go for a date. And we were going to have dinner and then go to a concert. So I lived all the way up on the North shore of Long Island. She lived all the way on the South shore. So I called her up and I said to her, you know, I don't really usually date past South of the Mason Dixon line, but you know, I'm going to make an exception here. And uh, I was just wondering, maybe you want to meet halfway. And she was silent for about three seconds. And then she said, you want to date me? I said, yeah. She goes, you're going to come and pick me up. Whoa. You got to respect her. <laughs> right, I did. She laid I down did. her standards. He did. Good for she her. Definitely did. Good for her. So I went and I, I had to pick her up at work. And I walked in and I saw her walking by. I don't, I don't know what it was. It could have been a fantasy. I don't know. But when I saw her, the first thing that went into my mind was, she looks like the kind of girl I could love. It was just something about Oh, it was immediate. Oh my yeah. goodness. So we were going to a concert and it was Thanksgiving weekend that I met her. And we drive out to Huntington, which is out in Suffolk County. And there was a parade going on in town where we were going to the concert. So we had to park about a little over a mile away from where we wanted to go and walk back. But there was a parade and the streets were lined with people. It was really hard to walk by. And I looked at her and she looked at me and we decided to jump into the parade and wave to people while we walked down <laughs> to the concert. So fun. And that playfulness really turned me on. It really did. So we sit down in this restaurant and we're across from each other. And there was just something, I don't know. I, I never really do this, but I said to her, would you mind if I sat next to you instead of across from you? She goes, oh, no, I would love it. So I went around to the other side of the table and we sat next to each other. We had a really great conversation. I was really having fun with her. And we went into the concert. Now, we didn't realize this, but the tickets we had were standing. 
And, you know, we're, we weren't young at the time. <laughs> I didn't want to stand for a couple hours. So we see empty seats up in the loge. And I said to her, you wouldn't want to sneak up there, would you? She goes, I love to sneak up. So we snuck up. We found empty seats. We hung out there. And it was a great band. It happened to be a friend of hers from college who has a band. And the band was absolutely fantastic. And she was leaning over the railing. And I was sitting behind her. And at that moment, I thought I completely ruined everything because I leaned forward and I kissed her on the neck. And as soon as I did that, I said, oh, you idiot. Now she's going to think you're not really that nice guy. Years later, I mentioned that she didn't even remember me doing it. (laughs) (laughs) But we just had a great time. That first date, I think I picked her up at 6.30 I dropped her off at home. It probably was like three in the morning. We were out all night. We wound up going to friends of hers and hanging out at their house. It just was the longest day. You're so past your curfew, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. The Loves, Girls, and Stories podcast is a collaboration and co-production between The Chef Doc and White Coat Romance. The Chef Doc is a wellness platform that offers innovative approaches to thriving and offers a self-empowerment book, podcast series, on-demand masterclass series, as well as a brand new app. The app provides self-guided education such as food as medicine, self-care, and resilience. Coaching services are also available, whether you prefer one-on-one or group-type settings. Please go now to your app store, as well as Apple as Google Play to download for free. White Coat Romance is a dating app for healthcare and health-related professionals and students in the U.S. and Canada. It's a lively space where you can find love, companionship, and build meaningful connections with like-minded professionals. If you're single, go to the App Store and Google Play to download and join our vibrant community. As we both serve these amazing communities, we also acknowledge the value of continuing education. Therefore, we're super excited to share an enticing opportunity with our listeners. Our episodes are continuing education eligible. That's right. You now have the opportunity to earn valuable credits while enjoying our content. Rest assured, the episodes will always remain free as we are committed to supporting our communities and amplifying the voices of healthcare professionals. To get a better understanding of how this works, the first three episodes are free to obtain, then the rest of the podcast episodes are at a nominal cost. So you might be asking who can earn credits? Well, physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians associates, pharmacists, dentists, as well as dietitians and dietetic technicians. If you find yourself in need of CE credits, we kindly ask you to consider directing your CE funds towards supporting our cause. Your contribution would greatly help us nurture our podcast production and continue to bring you valuable content. We are deeply grateful for your support. From all of us here at Love Scrubs and Stories Podcast, thank you so much for choosing us. And enjoy the rest of this episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening. And now back to the episode. But it was fabulous. It really was. It was just the, the greatest first date I ever had. And she's the first one after my separation that I asked to go out again. We have the most amazing relationship. It's almost eight years. We've probably had one fight, maybe two. We just talk things out. We think alike. We read each other's minds. One of the things I probably said in the post was I never believed in a soulmate, but I definitely do now because. We got closer in the first year that we were together than I had in 36 years of marriage. Wow. And yeah, because 
she and I let each other be our authentic selves. There's no judgments. We don't tell each other what to do. There's no jealousy. There's no nothing. She could do what she wants. I could do what I want. And we do a lot of wonderful, beautiful, amazing things together. And I, I adore her. I just, I'm so lucky. I really know that this is something that doesn't happen to a lot of people. And it happened to me so late in life. You know, I'm, I'm just thrilled because, you know, when I was reminding myself, you got to get out there, you're running out of life. This is no joke. You know, if you want something to happen, you got to make it happen. And every time I went out on a date that was just a disaster or it never even happened, some girls would show up and they were 15 years older than the picture they put on the, on the post, on the profile. And that just felt like lying to me. So I, I just would get up and leave. Some girls showed up late and I just, I left. Others would just complain and moan about their ex-husbands. And I didn't want to hear about that. You know, I wanted to go out and have fun. So it was tough. It was tough. It was challenging. You know, I did start dating much younger women and that was ridiculous because we couldn't relate to each other. Then I was going out with women my age and, and, and you know, sadly, many of them have been hurt and it's hard for them to trust. One of them actually said to me, the date ended immediately. She said, well, let's face it. I hope I can use kind of a little bit of a curse word here, but I'm going to use it anyway. She said, let's face it. Men are assholes and they don't know how to love. Mm -hmm. I was shocked. Wow. I stood up and I walked out. She goes, where are you going? I said, the last time I looked, I was one of those assholes. And I just left. Wow. She's you been know? hurt. Yeah. Right. So I would get over in my and over car. Again. Yeah. I would get so in my car after all of these dates and I would go, oh my God. I, I was getting really depressed. I really was because yeah. I just yeah. wanted what Losing I Losing hope. I mean, my yeah. goodness. Like, yeah, repeatedly one yeah. date after another. After right. putting what, um, yourselves out there, right? After what you said, 40 years? Well, I was married 36, but I was with her mm -hmm. for 41 years. Yeah. What I got from this was, you know, the very beginning, you had said that you were missing genuine connection from oh, yeah. your first relationship. Right. And it almost seemed like that became your North Star. Correct me if I'm wrong. That became your North Star. Absolutely. That, Definitely. <laughs> and that kind of guided you through and through. What, you know, because we're talking about persistence, what kept you going? You know, because these, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of audience members that could relate both men and, you know, females that right. could relate on this. But what kept you going uh, through all this? I think what kept me going was during the entire time that I was married, I had so many challenges with the marriage that I had to look at myself and spend time with me and try to figure out if what she was telling me was real. Was it really all me? What was really both of us? And I discovered, of course, things I had to improve, things I had to change. It really helped me get deeper into myself. And the more intimate my relationship became with myself, the more relieved I felt, mm -hmm. the happier I felt, the more of me that was coming through. I wanted to share it. I wanted it to be part of my experience that I want to get to know someone as well as I've gotten to know myself. And I want them mm -hmm. to know me as well. And like you said, it was my North Star. I really wanted connection. It was what drove me. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't finding it. And I really did want to give up a few times, but I just kept going. Yeah. And every night I would sit on the computer looking at all of these profiles. <laughs> I would sit with myself and I would say, 
all right, you know, give it 10 minutes tonight. Don't even work that hard. But uh, I, I just kept pushing through. I really did because I knew what I wanted. And I knew if I wasn't really serious about finding someone, it might not happen because, you know, I was 60 years old back then. I'm, I'm almost 69 now. And, you know, who knows? Wow. You look amazing. I don't think anyone would ever. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Thank you for sharing your your beautiful love story and all the insights and all the lessons learned. So you've had, you had clarity about, you know, your relationships in the past, clarity about yourself. You were persistent despite the repeated hopelessness, you know, with all these different viewing the profiles and the dates and the persistence that you had, you continue to do. And then also the the internal work that you also talked about. And I feel like that definitely, you know, we've talked about that, you know, in this podcast on a number of occasions that, and you brought that, that positive energy, right. To, to, you know, to this date, which ultimately led to this beautiful relationship. Right. And so I think that that's, is a really big piece of it, right? It's, it's, you know, certainly it's about timing where we are, how well we know ourselves. And we want to, you know, we want to be able in order to attract that person that we desire, that we feel would be the best fit for us. You got to bring, you know, that energy to attract some, somebody of the same wavelength. Cause essentially that's what I've been hearing is like, there was fun, there was connection and you both were on the same wavelength. And I met someone who has an enormous capacity to love and share love and not hold back. She has enormous social capital. Everywhere we go, we meet friends of hers that I still haven't met after eight years. You know, it's a joke between everybody because wherever, my girlfriend's name is Robin, wherever she goes, she leaves a lipstick mark on everybody's cheek because she loves everybody. And she's capable of seeing the good in everybody. And it's, it's really a fantastic attribute because it's so easy to get caught up in Oh, that person's doing this and that person's doing that. And she'll say, yeah, but they do this and they do that. And, and this is how she sees life. And to me, that's really uplifting. And I always feel love. She's constantly telling me how much she loves me and adores me. And I'm the greatest guy she ever knew. She was also married and divorced, went through a lot of men before I met her because she was divorced a long time before I did to be able to share something like that with someone there's nothing better. It's just, I feel completely at peace. I feel fulfilled. I adore her. She was just away on a cruise for 12 days without me. And I missed her terribly, right? Because I'm so used to the connection. And what happened, she was on a cruise ship that had very poor service. So we weren't even able to talk about her cruise and what she was doing and the places she was going. And that part of it really like unnerved me because you know, we lost that little connection for for like 12 days. And, but it really made me see what we have, you know? Yeah. It, well, you need dis- to, I think you need to miss people. Yeah. Distance, distance makes the yeah. hard grow yeah, fonder, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just a good reminder, you know, yeah, things that you Bob, missed about them. What, what I love about, you know, this as a male, I just admire you so much because, you know, we tend to get into this, in this, you know, society, we tend to get into this like 
masculine, like toxic masculine persona. And um, as males, you know, sometimes ego can take over us and we could say like, oh, you know, we don't need this or, you know, we just overemphasize our perceived strengths and not really reflect and process our areas of improvement. And we just don't grow, right? We don't admit when we're wrong. We're not honest and authentic with ourselves, right? And what I hear from you is so many moments of self-awareness that I'm just, you know, just really blown away about how you're able to connect what I call dots. But in your cases, they're, you know, relationship lessons for you to be able to attract the partner that you have right now. And to me, I just admire you so much because as a male, you know, it's just something males, you know, need to do more often is to be more open and vulnerable and go into that emotional deep space that society, you know, teaches us not to. Well, you know, it's interesting because I run a chronic pain practice mostly. And what I witnessed all through these years when a female patient comes in, even if I'm giving her an injection, she'll still be talking to me. Nothing changes. You know, there's a constant give and take and a flow. If I'm talking to a male that's, you know, been suffering with pain for a long time and I have to give him an injection, there's a panic attack or a stress moment. Because what I am aware of, and you're aware of it, Colin, is that society teaches men to always be in control. And when they're sitting in a doctor's office and they're not in control, it really challenges their belief system. So I saw that and I was aware of it and I saw that in me, you know, so I was learning a lot from my patients as I was going through my my years of practice. And it highlighted a lot of things for me that I didn't get from my own father, you know, things that I wish I would have gotten. And one of the things I did in my own personal journey is I decided at a certain point, I think they call them affirmations now. I had no idea what they were called back then. I started telling myself everything I wished I had heard Mm. when I was growing up from my dad. Mm. The things that I craved that never happened. You know, the I love yous, you're the greatest, you can accomplish anything, whatever it was that I was telling myself. And I kept doing it over and over and over and over to the point where Every time a negative thought popped in my head, I'd replace them with really Mm -hmm. great positive thoughts and affirmations. And little by Mm -hmm. little, I began to realize every time a negative thought would pop in my head, my brain replaced it with something positive. And it just allowed me to be more open, you know, less, I guess, I don't want to say less masculine, but less cloaked, Mm. you know. And just to be real and authentic, because to me, there's no more freedom that I could ever hope for than to just be who I really am. Wow. Man, if, if, if you apply that to being a father, you know, I would say if I had to poll your children right now, I'm sure undoubtedly they'll be like, he's such a great dad, you know? Well, I so. think they feel like that now. <laughs> while, while I was married to their mother, it was a whole different story because they had to listen yeah. to a lot of difficult, strained moments fights screaming she she wasn't a very calm person so oh i'm so sorry amazing insights bob and you know i love the the mindset shifts now what advice would you give to others who may be currently going through what you went through before and they may be hesitant or skeptical about dating uh, especially after you know a long-term relationship or marriage and and you know and wanting that second chance 
at long. Well, I think you, you, you've got to be courageous, of course. You have to be willing to get hurt again, right? Otherwise, you're not going to be able to get out there. But one of the things I told myself was there's no end to the number of people I can read about on this online dating site. One of them has to be good for me. Right? Somewhere along the line, I'm going to hit the right person that I can relate to and have a good time with and enjoy, you know, my life with. And, you know, I, I found that person and I'm, I'm just so blessed. And, you know, she's kind of sitting over here listening because <laughs> I she, she, her. tell her to pop in, tell her to pop in and say hi. Tell her to pop in and say hi. To meet her as well. Her. Is she open pop in and say hi. Well, now she's looking at her face to make sure she looks pretty enough. But <laughs> Oh, I'm sure she's gorgeous. <laughs> Robin, come over here. Come Robin, over here, Robin, we would love to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Come on, honey. Just come. No lipstick. Oh, hi, hi, Robin. Hi. How are you? Nice to meet you. We heard your beautiful love story. Oh, I love that you're so in love. And after all these years, and oh. I know it's uh, we have a lot of similarities, which Bob didn't sh- tell you about. But we have, you know, so many things. We're from Brooklyn. Uh, we're both. Uh, what was the other thing? Yeah, so it was more that. Yeah, we were both from Brooklyn. My ex-wife was a special ed teacher and quit after a few years. Robin was a special ed teacher and quit after a few years. My ex-wife had a business called WHIP, W-H-I-P. Robin had a boutique named WHIP, W-H-I-P. Oh, oh my. Very interesting. My ex-wife was was half Greek. Robin's half Greek. So I feel like when I met my ex-wife i made a right turn i should have made that left turn and met rob and then your father's <laughs> parents oh yeah friends. oh yeah and, and then in our past childhood friends of mine were friends with her parents and her aunt and uncle we didn't know <laughs> so it's it's amazing how life works out yeah. it really yeah. is yeah true soulmates without a doubt with all those examples that you've given you were destined <laughs> to meet just a, a different time of right, your lives. Right, exactly. Oh, so you sad. guys are so beautiful. You're beautiful and you're adorable. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. I, we love your Thank positive you, energy. We heard about it and now we've witnessed it. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's infectious. I love it. Bob, thank you so, so much for, you know, giving your... Thanks. Thanks, Robin. Thank you so, so much for um, giving your experience and your words of wisdom and your insights and quite frankly, your lessons. You know, I think it's the aha moments and the dots that you connected, at least for me, really hit home. And I think, you know, um, our audience members are really, really going to, you know, love it. So, you know, Christine, do you have any last words for, for Bob? Yeah, I echoed everything that Colin said. Thank you again. And should we have any audience members that would like to reach out to you and, you know, get some tips from you? Just kind of, you know, because certainly I'm sure this will resonate with actually a number of our audience. What is the best way to reach out to you? I guess they can shoot me an email, which would be Dr. Robert Kornfeld at Gmail. So Dr. Robert Kornfeld is K-O-R-N-F-E-L-D at Gmail. Awesome. Yeah, well, I, thank you so, so much. We, we, we really, really appreciate it. Christine, if you don't have any last words, you're good. Okay. Yeah. Let's wrap guys, up. thank you. Guys, thank you so much for watching another episode. If you like this, please uh, like, comment, and subscribe. If you feel like this is a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And, you know, guys, when you hop on to Apple, please give us a five-star rating. And uh, until the next episode, thank you so, so much to Dr. Bob, and we will see you on the next one.
Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Take care. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this channel. If you enjoyed this, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you felt like this was a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. As a reminder, this channel does not offer medical advice. All opinions expressed are ours and our guests only. It is for general informational purposes only and does not replace professional healthcare services. Please consult your own healthcare provider for any medical issues you may have. Until the next episode, whether you're in and out of your scrubs, please remember to love yourself and others and lead with kindness. Bye. Bye.